0: back in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, your home for all Colorado sports. Um, This is going to be a fun one. This was arguably the most impressive Nuggets win, a regular season win, that I have seen from them in the Michael Malone era, and it's really a lot, a lot of this comes down to circumstances and where the Nuggets were at and where they are at now and who they beat and the way that they were able to beat them, but 105 to 95 win over the Houston Rockets is a gigantic victory for them. So this is going to be one of those podcasts where I'm gonna talk about the game I'm gonna like to go through my notes on the game like I usually do but a lot of these notes are going to have a lot more of a macro scope to them because I think there was a lot of symbolism as to the trajectory that this Denver Nuggets team is on and what their upside looks like in the way that they played in this game because so many things went right for them so many things and this is the That's the wrong way to phrase it. It wasn't just that things went right for them. They did everything they could to give themselves every possible advantage throughout this game. And that comes down to guarding Russell Westbrook, guarding James Harden giving tons of effort behind the doubles they were sending, and really just selling out defensively to be able to put together arguably the best defensive performance of the Michael Malone era. And after the game, what you kind of realized, what it kind of set on to everybody was, this Denver Nuggets team is no longer an offensive team. This this team is not score first, pass happy, 130 point kind of wins anymore. This is a defense first identity of this Denver Nuggets team, for better or worse, and depending Depending on how you view this and where the Nuggets are at, you can say it's worse because the offense hasn't been there. I'd make the argument that the offense is absolutely coming back, and we will talk more about that as we go through this podcast. So. Uh, Before I go any further, I want to give a quick shout out to the Regulators Production Group as well as Untuck It. This show is brought to you by Untuck It. They have been a big supporter of the the, the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure to go check out everything they have at UntuckIt.com. I will also give you a quick read here in a couple minutes so you can know everything you need to know about Untuck It and what it's going to take to be able to get a nice little discount for listening to this podcast and also some great clothes. But the Regulators Production Group make the beats of the intro and outro of this podcast. And this show is also brought to you by Terrapin Care Station. So before we go any further, I'm going to give you a quick word from Untucket, and we're going to get back into this gigantic victory over the Houston Rockets. see an untucked button down they look bad why because they weren't meant to be worn that way thankfully there's untuck it the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked no matter your size or shape untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length and with the holidays coming very very shortly there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade for me it's hard to find the right kind of fit when it comes to clothing that are you know professional clothing it has to look the right way and that's why being able to go to Untuck it staying casual while looking good is such a helpful way to go about things with more than 50 plus fit combinations untucket has shirts that look great on tall short slim and athletic guys of all ages you can find your favorite untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores choose from styles like wrinkle-free button down super soft flannels outerwear and more with untucket your shirts will never look baggy bulgy too long or too big again and their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So, whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. This particular win for the Denver Nuggets over the Houston Rockets, it was so representative of so many overcoming moments for this Nuggets team. Obviously, from just the Nuggets perspective, they have been dysfunctional and inconsistent to start the year. They've won when their defense has been good, they have lost when it's been bad, but overall, the offense has not looked functional there have been very inconsistent defensive moments. The bench unit has not been the same. Jamal Murray has been up and down despite showing a ton of growth which I will talk about a little bit later. He's been great in the past like 5, or in the past like 8, 9 games, but still. Throughout the overall, the all 13 games, there has been a lot of ups and downs. But this was the first time this year in which I felt like the Nuggets not only were able to get a 48 minute consistent effort from the starters and the bench on both ends of the floor, but they took at a team that is looked at as one of the premier units in the NBA and the Houston Rockets. The Rockets were on an eight-game winning streak when they, came into, when they came into Denver. They had scored 100 points or more in 21 straight games. The Nuggets had lost 10 of their last 11 games against them. And Harden was on one of the most ridiculous scoring stretches ever. I believe he had eight straight games of 30 or more points. He's averaging 39 and like 0.4 points per game this season. He is having arguably the greatest scoring season ever right now. And for them to come into Denver with all of that momentum, and for the Nuggets to hold Harden to his second lowest point total this season, to hold or to force the Rockets into their third most turnovers, to somehow be able to limit them to their 3rd least amount of free throw attempts in a game, to get Harden to commit 8 turnovers which was a season high for him, and Harden only took 10 free throws himself which was tied for the least all year for him. There were so many things the Nuggets accomplished in this game where you just felt so confident that this Nuggets team has turned a corner and is getting back to the unit that everybody thought they could be. Which... Of course, it's not fair to say that this is like this is going to be the moment because those things are very ambiguous and it's not linear and it's hard to know exactly when a team finds its groove. But this is the kind of win in which you see what the upside is, despite the fact that the Nuggets still shot under uh, under what was it forty six point eight percent from the field and only thirty three percent from the three point line. They still were able to have a ten point win over the Houston Rockets because their defense was incredible. I think that's the biggest takeaway was. how... How good Denver was in terms of following their defensive scheme. And Michael Malone talked about it at practice the day before the game. They were selling out to stop James Harden. That was it. Michael Malone has compared him to Michael Jordan. Michael Malone has talked about him as a guy that they've had to build rules around. James Harden is the guy that you have to find a way to at least limit or make things difficult for. Or else you're not going to be able to come away with a win. And what's funny is when you look at his stat line, 8 of 16 from the field, 4 of 8 from the three-point line, 7 of 10 from the free-throw line, uh, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, 27 points in 37 minutes, it doesn't sound that bad. I mean, that's not a terrible line by any stretch, but when you look at the body of work and what James Harden has been able to do to teams in the NBA this year, this was one of the best defensive performances that anybody has had against James Harden this year. James Harden had 8 turnovers in this game and a big Part of that was the, the Nuggets were just sending these brilliant doubles at James Harden, and what made it so interesting. And I talked to Gary Harris and Will Barton about this after the game. I went up to Gary Harris and I asked him, "What what are you thinking when you're trying to figure out the timing of sending doubles at James Harden?" Because Gary Harris was a lot, you know, oftentimes the weak side guy who would come over and double down on him. And he was like, there was no timing. It was completely random. They were just sending guys randomly. They would sometimes not send people. There was, you know, late in the shot clock, when he put the ball on the on, on the deck, whatever it may be, it was completely arbitrary. And when it's arbitrary, an offensive savant like James Harden well, does not have the ability to see what's coming ahead of time. That's one of his most elite skills, is the ability to see everything breaking down in front of him and take advantage of the very small advantages that come his way. And And the Nuggets just didn't let any of that live tonight or in this game. It was absolutely incredible seeing how every time he had the ball, it was at least difficult for him. And it was not like he was able to get out clean passes to guys that were wide open. Don't get me wrong. There were some missed shots by the Houston Rockets in this game, but it was more so because of how good Denver was guarding James Harden. And a lot of that has to go to... um, First of all, Torrey Craig was very good in this game. He was more on Westbrook. When it comes to James Harden, you got to give Gary Harris a ton of credit in this game. He was really the one that sat down and did his best to slow. James Harden and then the doubles usually came from Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, Will Barton and a lot of times Jamal Murray got matched up with James Harden did a great job on on him as well. Nobody on the Nuggets in this game had a bad defensive performance and they all had a great team defensive performance of making up for each other because yes, the doubles were great. But even if your doubles are great, James Harden is such a great player, he will always find a way to get the ball to his his open teammate, and when he does that, the Nuggets are immediately scrambling behind the defense, because they're usually down three players to four, because they had to double James Harden. So what that means is that they have to give multiple efforts to get two guys that they weren't covering before to be able to contest the shot, and the Nuggets' effort and their engagement and their awareness and their just crisp, perfect rotations on defense were a Reason why they were able to limit the rest of the team uh, for the Houston Rockets. I mean, Daniel House was one of four from the field, PJ Tucker was two of five. Um, Russell Westbrook was 8 of 22 Austin Rivers 2 of 6 Ben McLemore 2 of 8 they were really able to slow all of the complementary pieces around James Harden while also selling out on James Harden which is exactly what Michael Malone wanted to do and I I just I want to go back to this because I love the idea of sending random doubles of trusting your players on defense to make the right decisions and have the right communication to where the guys behind him don't have to know exactly when the double is coming that's a a lot of trust for Michael Malone to put in a five-man unit that is just sending doubles his way. So that was brilliant and I think you're going to see a lot more of that as things go along. But that scramble mentality behind it was just as important as those doubles as those hedges. Um, Murray struggled to shoot in this game, but defensively he had six steals. That's an insane game to have six steals. And he wasn't the only one. When you look at the starters, Paul Millsap had three steals. Gary Harris had a steal. Will Barton had a steal. Paul Millsap also added a block and then you had Torrey craig who added three blocks and two steals himself there was so much defensive activity in this game and it wasn't just that they were able to get those live ball turnovers they were just making life so difficult for the houston rockets that they were making you know meaningless mental errors because denver was just crowding their space the entire time and because of that the nuggets were able to force 21 turnovers and turn that into 32 points for themselves Defensively I can't think of a better game I really can't and This is without talking about how good of a job Will Barton did locking up Russell Westbrook one-on-one. Like, he didn't play in the fourth quarter because Torrey Craig was so good defensively, but Will Barton was a stalwart in the first half and in the third quarter. Nikola Jokic did a hell of a job anchoring the defense and never getting out of position, always knowing where to be to be able to keep everything in front of him. Adam Mades of DNVR had a great clip on his uh, The List article that he does where he showed Jokic kind of baiting James Harden into driving, but knowing that that James is going to drive so he was able to drop quick enough to basically just wall off the rim and slow the set so Nikola Jokic's attentiveness, his engagement, his energy that he had playing defense in this game and seeing what was going to be happening, you know, ahead of time and being able to get there early and take advantage of that just ridiculous basketball IQ that he has was awesome. You know, Paul Millsap was his typical free safety self just causing all kinds of chaos. Um, whenever people were trying to get, you know, the ball moving side to side, getting into passing lanes, really muscling guys out of the paint, he was just a monster as well. Gary Harris spent time on both James Harden and Russell Westbrook was absolutely great again. We're going to have to start talking about Gary Harris as an all-defense member very, very soon. It's still early in the season, so you need to see things play out you know, at a longer rate. But overall, for what he's done, he should be on your early season all-defensive team ratings. Gary Harris has been that good. And again... Tory Craig absolutely locked down defensively. I believe Russell Westbrook was one of nine against Tory Craig, and Tory Craig had three blocks on him and almost had a fourth on the one bucket that he did make. Um, so Tory Craig, man, like what a defensive performance he had in this game. He was just an animal. This was exactly the kind of game they needed from uh, Tory Craig, and that's what Michael Malone said after the game. He spoke about how this is the Tory Craig they need. He doesn't care about his three point shooting. If he can be this energetic, get this many extra possessions, be this much of an impact rebounder and really be able to lock guys up in the way that he did, these high level offensive talents, that's what he is in Denver to do. And I found that super interesting because normally when we talk about Torrey Craig, his ability to uh, hit shots becomes extremely important overall but from, from alone, he's almost looking at, you know, yeah, I'm going to skip ahead, he's almost looking at his small forwards as a bullpen is what he's calling it. Will Barton is your starter that comes out and gets you your six innings and then if he cannot finish the game, if there happens to be a better matchup for the Nuggets, Michael Malone has three different relievers in his bullpen. He has Tory Craig who, who can defend four positions. He has Michael Porter Jr. who can get his shot wherever he wants and he has Juancho Hernan Gomez who is a gifted off-ball offensive player. Having all three of those such unique talents on his bench has allowed him to be able to like he said, use it like a bullpen. Use people like specialists. It's like going left on left in baseball when you're in the eighth inning. Like These are really smart Wise decisions by Malone, I think. And I asked Wancho about this after the game because normally, when you do that, when you mix and match the rotations that much and you have a. Um backup small forward by committee kind of situation like they do right now that usually leads people not developing a rhythm but what wancho told me was they already have the continuity of knowing how to play alongside one another there's no needing to really develop that they have 13 games a lot of practice a whole preseason and training camp now of being able to substantiate what they already had built throughout the past five years so Normally, teams would not be able to do what Michael Malone is doing, but because they have that continuity, they have been able to utilize that bullpen-type approach of using specialists and special moments as opposed to just giving the role to one person 10 games at a time, which I have found to be very, very helpful for this Nuggets team and something that I really, really was interested in. Um, also, I think this I wrote about this on Mile High Sports. If you go up to Milehighsports.com right now, there's a piece about how the Nuggets identity is no longer an offensive team. This Nuggets team is no longer the pass happy egalitarian 130 point offense. This is a defensive minded team who wants to stop you. And because of that, they're winning games now. They've held opponents under 100 points seven times this year, and they're seven and zero in those games. In the games that they have not won, they have been a disaster defensively. I know it's overly simplistic and there's a lot more nuance that is needed for that kind of a conversation as to what works in a winning way for the Denver Nuggets, but that is a gigantic part of what has allowed this Denver Nuggets team to start the season ten and three in the way that they have. Um, maybe that maybe the best version of the Nuggets is a little bit more skewed to the offensive side of the ball, but for what the Nuggets, for what the Nuggets need to grow and improve on right now. Having this as their identity is going to allow them to unlock an entirely different part of their overall ceiling that maybe they wouldn't have if they stayed offensively minded so often. Michael Malone can be too rigid sometimes. He can be too stuck in his ways, but this is something the Nuggets need to do. Defenses do win championships, and while yes offenses have won more often than not in the finals, getting through the playoffs requires a defense who can get down and defend in the half court, and the Nuggets are developing that. And As Michael Malone said, as was The conclusion of my story about this defensive identity just imagine what happens when the offense comes alive as well. Because when you see both of those things click, this Nuggets team is going to be absolutely terrifying. Let's move on to Nikola Jokic because I thought this was the the best Nikola Jokic game of the year by far. Um, yeah, he only had four assists. It probably should have been closer to ten with how many open shots he created that his teammates missed, which happens again. This is not like a fault, but this is a more of a looking at it that Nikola Jokic could have had a twenty-seven point triple double while shooting twelve of nineteen from the field against the, arguably the best team in basketball in the Houston Rockets to snap their eight-game win streak. Like that's a that's a hell of a mouthful to talk about in terms of what kind of impact. Nikola Jokic was able to have on this game. And it was so good to see what makes Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic return. It was the flair and the joy of passing. It was the ability to grab offensive rebounds and put the ball back up. It was the touch rolling to the rim in terms of like five, six foot floaters. Those are the things that make Nikola Jokic so unique. And they're the things that have kind of evaporated from his game at the start of the season, but they were on full display in this one. And that was awesome to see. And then again, when you add in his ability to anchor defensively, that changed everything for the nuggets because he was so good behind you know whether he was hedging way out and containing or whether he was dropping and really trying to play that free safety role if Millsap had to rotate over he was a, did a great job of it so this was the game you wanted to see from Nikola Jokic this is the game where you feel like all right that is a guy who can win mvp awards at one point that is a guy who was the first team all nba center in the league last year so to see him return to that form was very very good Jamal Murray, and again, I'm going to shout out DNVR twice on this, and this is the second time, Brendan Vogt wrote a fantastic piece, uh, well, he wrote a grades piece, and his section about Jamal Murray, I thought was just spot on, and something I wanted to talk about on this podcast, which is, I don't care that he was 4 of 16, normally I would, it makes total sense to be upset that he was 4 of 16 as a you know shot-happy point guard, that is not a good thing, but... It was the way that he was so helpful in this game despite the fact that his shot just wasn't falling. Like, I can't think back to, like, bad misses that he had in this game. Like, they really didn't stick in my head. What stuck in my head was six steals, having nine assists in this game, being able to be just a tenacious rebounder, somebody who refused to die on every single set that came his way and battled over screens and took on the challenge of defending James Harden was able to lock up Russell Westbrook and had some incredible doubles and the ability to see past lanes before they opened to be able to jump them as a defender his ability to run pick and roll with both Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap Mason Plumley, whoever it may be he has learned to be that floor general he has figured out how to manipulate defenses, you see him now just becoming such a well-rounded player and then when you add in the fact that he's never he never gets rattled, he's always poised and he has that killer instinct you're seeing all of the skills you want to see in Jamal Murray really growing Right in front of our eyes The shot has not gotten there yet All I care about though he took 7 threes out of his 16 shots, he was taking the right shots maybe they didn't fall, I can live with shots not falling, that's not going to bother me because he helped this team so much in so many other ways, it's when he only helps the team offensively as a scorer and then he can't score that he becomes a disaster and he had a lot of moments like that throughout last year in the first half of the season but this year man, his growth as a defender has been miraculous, his ability to create in the pick and roll as a floor general has been astounding, he has grown So much into a mature basketball mind and a floor general. That's really the only way that I can phrase it. So really, really impressed with what Jamal Murray has shown, especially over the past 10 games or so. And the last thing is the bench unit finally played well. Um, And they've had good games when the starters have played bad, but they finally kind of linked everything together. And they were a big part of the Nuggets winning the third quarter and going into the fourth quarter and and pushing that lead as high as 18 points. So to see the bench unit finally be that team again, to see them really become this 10-deep onslaught of just talent after talent after talent, it's good to see that finally play out in real time. We're going to take our second break. I will come back and we're going to answer questions from listeners as usual. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flower and concentrates as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. favorite segment answer some questions from listeners i think i have um uh, six looks like here um so yeah these are just questions that come in on twitter i'm so bad about putting it on instagram but almost always on twitter just nuggets fans and listeners of the show alike asking questions about things that maybe i didn't touch on yet in the show so it gives me an opportunity to kind of hit on a bunch of topics at once so with that being said let's just dive into it uh josh buckberg asks is something up with malik So I don't know of anything for sure. This is all speculative at this point, but... I spoke to Malik on the side at practice, and he told me he is 100% healthy, and when I asked him if he had had a conversation with Malone about his playing time, he said it was confidential, and that was pretty much all he was willing to share. He was very closed off about if there was even a conversation. Torrey Craig has been very open, as has Wancho, about the fact that they have had multiple conversations with Michael Malone about what their playing time is going to look like on any given game. Malik Beasley did not share that same sentiment with me. That does not mean it didn't happen but he did not share it with me. He was not excited and willing to talk about his coach's communication with him in terms of his lack of playing time. So now what I'm trying to figure out is, was there something internally that may have been an issue? Again, I don't know. This is completely speculating, but maybe he violated some kind of team rules or something like that and got demoted to the bench, but it is getting bizarre at this point. This is now six straight games where he played less than 10 minutes of basketball after being one of their most important bench pieces All of last year and they're playing Michael Porter Jr. or Torrey Craig at shooting guard. Like you would think that Malik Beasley would would be one of the first players off the bench. If I would have told you before the season started that Malik Beasley would be out of the rotation entirely after seven games that you I would have been laughed out of the room. But nonetheless. This is happening. This is a part of something that is happening. And I don't know what is going on. But I do think something is going on. So I can't shake that feeling either. Uh, Playoff Trev asks, has Wancho earned a spot in the rotation? I think he has to to play that bench unit at this point. I really, really do. Because he opens up the court so much. He is such a smart relocator as an off-ball shooter. He's such a quick release. You always have to guard him out there. He's a great cutter. He's a great offensive rebounder. He will help you without... Ever have to have his number called and that is such an important aspect of adding to that Denver Nuggets bench unit because Monte Morris can be assertive, Mason Plumlee can be assertive, Michael Porter Jr. if he's playing can be assertive as can Jeremy Grant but to have somebody who is always going to hold a defender at all times or if their defender even remotely leaves them can punish them for doing that. That's something that the Nuggets need off that bench unit so I do anticipate Wancho holding down the backup small forward role and with Malik Beasley being out or whatever is going on with Malik, I think you're going to see Michael Porter Jr. or Torrey Craig take up those minutes in that bullpen sense like I was talking about earlier. I know I called it small forwards earlier, but Michael Malone literally said after after the game um, that he doesn't really care if it's shooting guard or small forward, that it's it's positionless. He'll play Michael Porter Jr. and Wancho together. He doesn't care who is the two or the three, which I completely get and I think that's the right decision to make. So, I do think has earned the spot in the rotation. I think he will be there for the foreseeable future. Uh, let's move on. Casey Mulligan asked, your take on Harden's they-got-lucky comments. I think Harden was extremely frustrated, and I think he wasn't used to being this befuddled by a defense. So because of that, he felt like it was more of a one-off anomaly as opposed to a good defensive scheme that was executed to perfection. So I can understand from his perspective why he would say that, especially without him being able to re-watch the game. This is just immediate reactions after the game. I can see that. I can play devil's advocate. I don't think he's right. I think he's wrong. But I don't think this is some, like, petulant kind of, no, oh, they were just getting lucky. I'm, we're better than that. Like, they are better than that. But, and there was some luck involved. But I also think that... In the moment, I'm sure it felt like just very confusing as to why he was not able to get the plays that he was looking to get and really get the looks for his teammates and for himself that he was used to getting. So, well, I don't take offense to it, but I also do think that he's wrong. Uh, Jeets on Twitter asked, Does Michael Porter Jr. and Malik not playing suggest a possible trade before the deadline? So when it comes to Michael Porter Jr., I think he didn't play in this game just because Michael Malone absolutely wanted to have Torrey Craig's defense in this game. I don't think there was any other reason that Michael Porter Jr. did not play. When we talk about Malik, though, it really feels like there's one foot out the door. And I'm not saying that like Malik has acted out. I'm not saying Malone has acted out. There's nothing like that. But when a player of his caliber, of his talent, of his athleticism, of his already proved this, it's hard not to look at it with the possibility that maybe he's on the trade block and could be moved in the near future. I don't know. I have no insider information on this. But I do think that there's a possible... I, I would I would bet that there's a bigger odds that Malik Beasley does not finish the year as a member of the Denver than there is, and that's really how I feel about that situation. Let's keep it going with these questions. Uh, Two more. Why didn't Will Barton get minutes in the second half after playing so well in the first? That came from Sean Boland on Twitter. There was, Michael Malone even spoke about this. It was not reflective of what Will Barton did in this game. It was not, Will Barton was not defending. Will Barton was doing anything wrong. It was that Torrey Craig's size and defense was so impactful in the second half that Michael Malone rode the hot hand defensively to be able to get the win. And I think that he's entirely justified in making that decision. And Will Barton was did not seem upset whatsoever after the game when it came down to it. Uh, Tyler asks, considering how well Denver guarded Harden and Westbrook tonight, do you believe this defense has what it takes to carry us in the playoffs, considering how our offense looks mediocre? I do think the defense is good enough to carry this team through a decent playoff run for sure. I think that it has the upside. We'll see how sustainable it is. We're only thirteen games in. It's easy to play with tons of energy when you're thirteen games in, not at game sixty-five in the you know in late January where you're like, all right, this is getting really old now. Um, so for now, yes, it's hard to not make that argument. This defense, its upside is very real. But in terms of will it be this good in February? I'm not really sure and then I'm not sure if they're going to be able to have the physical ability to keep it up if they are exhausted in the playoffs. So it's really so many factors, it's hard to say, but the upside is unequivocally there in my opinion. So, what's to come now? So now that so the Nuggets are on a four-game homestand, the first game of that homestand was against the Rockets. They are 1-0 on this homestand with 3 games left. They will take on the Boston Celtics on Friday. Um, I do think the Nuggets lose this game. This feels like an emotional um Upset kind of a game where the Nuggets are real high and happy, and all of a sudden, things kind of you know, reality kind of crashes in on a team that's extremely gritty, a team that works harder than almost everybody they play with a great defensive mindset. They then take on Phoenix at home and Washington at home. If the Nuggets can somehow beat the Celtics, you're talking about this team having you know, being 13 and three potentially, uh, going to Sacramento before coming back home for the Lakers, and that would be a really good run for them to be able to. Get that much ground already covered this early in the season. So overall, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting end to this homestand because Boston could be an emotional letdown kind of a loss. Phoenix is much better than people think they are, and Washington can score. Man, I believe they have the best offense in basketball right now. Like they can score. So. While it may look like they can at least get two of these next three wins, it's going to be difficult. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, thanks to everybody who has been leaving reviews. That helps a ton. Go leave a five star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. Reach out to me and let me know what you like about the show and if you want to, you know, if there's something that I should change or any ideas you may have. I have people reaching out to me on Instagram and Twitter all the time, and it's been a lot of fun being able to communicate. So keep it up. Thank you guys for being a part of this process. It's been a lot of fun for me. We will talk to you guys later on Friday actually hopefully my computer is going to be nice to me and yeah we'll talk to you then until then though have a great rest of your day <laughs>